The voice of Motown, West Virginia's leader in news, analysis, and rumors, proudly presents the Voice of Motown podcast, featuring your boys, Brandon and Tyler. Take it away, gentlemen. All right, this is the Voice of Motown podcast. I'm Tyler Pepe. And I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU sports podcast by two suffering WVU fans. All right, please subscribe to our page on YouTube. It's the Voice of Motown podcast. Share your thoughts on today's episode in the comment section. We have a very special guest with us tonight. He's here to discuss his playing days at West Virginia, his nephew, who is a freshman phenom at Indiana, and we're going to be discussing the current WVU basketball team with them. We are joined by none other than Drew Shafino. Drew, it's a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. No, I appreciate appreciate you having me on the show. Oh, excited to chat with you. I mean, um, I remember watching you whenever I was just a kid, teenager, and uh, you're always a fun, electrifying player to watch. So it's going to be a little nostalgic for me to get to talk to one of the players that I watched so much whenever I was a kid. <laughs> I appreciate that. Make me feel old now, man. 41. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's start by discussing your playing career because you are a heck of an athlete, as Brandon was just saying. Drew is the last West Virginia basketball player to average 20 points per game. And your career ended nearly 20 years ago. So that's no small feat to still be the last guy to do that. And, um, you know, you played during an interesting time in WVU basketball's history because Gail Catlett retired at the end of your freshman year. And then they brought in Dan Dadich for, I mean, they just hired him for about a week because the whole Hargett scandal happened. And then he fell off. And then finally, John Beeline finally took over the head coaching job. So describe what it was like to experience all that just as a freshman. No, it was just um, crazy because, you know, my freshman year, we they had a great recruiting class with me, John Hargett, and Tyrone Sally. So everyone was expecting big things. Then um, Coach Catlett resigned during the year because of John Hargett, little scandal. Then after he resigned, his his um, nephew, Drew Catlett, took over. He coached the last, what, 10 games. Then after the season was done, they hired Dan Dockage for about a week. Then Dan Dockage didn't want to um, – I guess he didn't want to continue to coach because he thought WVU was going to be on – NCAA sanctions because of John Hargett. Then after he left, after a week, um, John Beeline came. Yeah, and that, I remember going through that time. I mean, I w- was just kind of starting to follow sports and, um, you know, seeing Gail Catlett, you know, kind of resign after being there for so long was kind of a a shaky time at WVU. I mean, no one really knew who Beeline was. I mean, he came from, what, Richmond, and we were all like, what, they play basketball? <laughs> like, so yeah. – um, Really interesting times. Did uh, how did you feel when they hired Beeline? Um, obviously, um, now when they hired Coach Beeline, I didn't like you said, I didn't really, you know, back then we didn't have social media really, so you couldn't really look up things like that. So I really, I knew he was at Richmond, I knew he was a successful coach, but I really didn't have too much information on on Coach Beeline. Yeah. So, what was your initial impression once he arrived on campus? <laughs> it was. Oh no, Coach Beeline was probably the probably the best coach I had. He was a smart guy. It just, he really wasn't, um, he had no, I don't know, his personality with the players. He didn't, he didn't connect with the, with the players, I'm going to say. 
So you wouldn't call him a player's coach? No, nah, he definitely wasn't player's coach. Like Coach Huggins, I know Coach Huggins. And, you know, if you got any problems outside of basketball, just like Coach Catley, you can go to him and talk about personal life and stuff like that. But um, with Coach Beeline, it was none of that. I always just strictly basketball, and that was it. That's interesting because, you know, he was uh, looking at how his career played out. I mean, he was super successful at Michigan, but once he ended up at Cleveland – um, there was always rumors about how he couldn't connect with players. So yeah, I always said that um, he was a great coach. One of the best coaches, probably the best coach I ever had. Just he couldn't connect with players at all. Well, I mean, you bring up, he, he was excellent with the X's and O's and there's no doubt about that. I mean, what was it like playing in beeline system versus scale Catlett system? Because it was like night and day, the way they coached. It was, yeah, it was night and day. Beeline, I guess I, he probably, for real, to be honest, man, with Pitsnoggle and, you know, um, Pat Beeline, he probably started that that three-point. To be honest, he probably was the first guy, team shooting three-pointers, everyone shooting three-pointers. So it was it was new to me because I wasn't a three-point shooter. I was more like a slasher and stuff like that. But um, it was new. It was cool. It was, man, like I said, it wasn't really – I averaged 20 points. really wasn't my style. But he was great with guys getting, you know, like Pitsnoggle thriving in his offense, shooting threes. But – um. It was definitely different, but I think he created that whole thing with everyone shooting threes on the team. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was always a fan of watching those teams. And, uh, you know, the, the Sweet 16 run always comes to mind where we uh, took the huge lead against Louisville and then blew that lead. But it was all three-point shooting. Yeah, um, yeah, they, they got to the lead. They almost got – that was the Elite Eight game right there, yeah. Yeah, Elite Eight. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, it, you know, kind of circling back to your career, um, you know, you were dismissed – uh, in your junior year, um, and you were currently on a 48-game streak of scoring 10 or more points, which is just insane when you, yeah. you say it out loud. Were you caught off guard um, when you were dismissed? Um, and remind us what, you know, what happened. Um, um, yeah, I definitely was caught off guard, but I kind of knew in Coach Beeline, we never really had a we never really had a relationship with each other. So I always felt like he was waiting for me to do something to get rid of me. So him, like I said, um, he, um, he was a great coach, but him and him and I just never, we never got along off the court and just never had a relationship as a player and a coach. What was it that made you guys butt heads so much? Back then he, he, first of all, he never recruited me. So when God, when coaches don't recruit you, they're really not loyal to the guys they don't recruit. So he brought all his players in and was more loyal to their players. But I understand that's just a, College is a business, though. When a guy don't recruit you, he really don't have no loyalty to you. But it's just, I guess, my personality and his coaching. And plus, WV was the first big school he was at. So he was really, he was really never, um, I guess, around uh, that top elite talent. So he didn't know how to take a couple guys on the team. But I don't know. Like I said, I don't really want to talk bad on him like that, though. But him and, him and I just never um, connected off the court or on the court. Yeah, I, I completely understand. And, you know, uh, thinking about it now with the transfer portal, I imagine if there's a transfer portal back then, you were you would have been a hot commodity. So uh, what made <laughs> you end up at Cal U of PA instead of uh, taking a shot somewhere else? Yeah, I had to go to you know back then. Um, you lose you sit you had, you lose a year and have to sit out a year. So a lot of schools wasn't given you know transferring back then was it was difficult. WVU you know, they had to give you permission. You could transfer to, they blocked a lot of transfers. You couldn't transfer in the conference. So it was just different back then. But if it happened now, it would have been a whole out of probably out of transfer after my sophomore year, it'd have been a whole different situation. But, you know, we live in a different time of age now with the transfer portal. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's um, 
Um, Charles Barkley made uh, some headlines by his comments this past weekend about the transfer portal and NIL. Um, what's your thoughts on all that? Because like you said, that stuff really wasn't around when you were playing. My thoughts on it, like now the, co- the coaches can't control the player. Like back then, the coaches controlled the player. I knew a lot of guys who got kind of like screwed over with the coach. And they back then you couldn't transfer. But I feel like the transfer portal really protects the, it protects the player a lot. Like if a player don't like a situation or a coach get fired, he can leave and transfer without being penalized. But I do like the transfer portal. Then the NIL, I love the NIL situation also. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah. think it's, it's good at the heart of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm all for players having more protections. I mean, I look at the, you know, the coaching change situation that you were in. I mean, that's a great reason to, to allow a kid to go somewhere else because, like you said, it's about relationships. And if, you know, you don't want to make a kid suffer with someone that they just don't get along with. And all, yeah, and you know, back, you know, coaches can leave anytime they want for another school, a better situation. It's like back then the player couldn't leave for a better situation. So I felt like the player was always penalized for doing what they want to do, but a coach can just leave anytime they want without being penalized. Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a great point. Um, obviously now you, you have um, a love for WVU, but initially when you were dismissed from the team, did that ever like leave a bad taste in your mouth? Did that affect the way you saw West Virginia? Yeah, I'm like, well, I had I had I had good friends on the team. Like um, Tyrone Sally was on the team. Kevin Pisnago, him and me had a good relationship. Actually, I talked to him a couple weeks ago. But no, nah, it's one of them things like you're rooting for your teammates, but at the same time, you don't want that success to happen because you're on. Isn't that on the team? It was a. It was. I was put in a weird situation. Though. Like I wanted the players to do well, but you don't. I'm not gonna lie. You don't want the team to do good because it's like, damn, I should be on that team, but. It was a weird situation, though. But for a while, I didn't, you know, I didn't really root for WVU. Then Coach Huggins took over. Great guy, great coach. So I started rooting for WVU again. That's great to hear. It's great to, you know, find you circled back and start loving the university again. Um, so speaking of Huggins, uh, what type of relationship do you have with him? Was, you know, are you in contact with him? Or, um, you know, you noted that you're a fan. So just kind of want to dig in there. No, he, um, back in the day, back in high school, he recruited me and stuff like that. and um. Actually, I thought he was gonna come to WVU after Huck after um Coach Catlett retired. It was rumors Coach Huggins was gonna come back, but him and the AD didn't see eye to eye, so he didn't come. But um, you know, I had a couple a couple. You know, I went down a couple summers ago, and you know, Huggins remembered me my days. Then we had a relationship. Then they was recruiting my nephew. They were recruiting my nephew Jalen Hood Shafino a little bit. So we had a relationship with that. We're talking with him and the assistant coaches at WVU. But like I said, Coach Huggins is a you know, he loves his players. His players love him. He's a um a guy you can talk to. You can talk to. You don't have to talk basketball with Coach Huggins. He can, you can talk about life and different stuff. But like I said, Coach Huggins is a great coach and a great person. Yeah, 100%. Um, and, I mean, obviously, most guys want to play for him. Do you think your strong personalities would have uh, complimented each other? I mean, you see how he handles Eric Stevenson. They they seem to get along <laughs> great. And, they, and no, he's a very no. player. Yeah, I, I needed a coach like uh, that. Touch a tough love. I needed a coach like Coach Huggins. Him and my personality would have would have meshed real well because you know I'm gonna bring it all on the court. I'm, I'm you know I bring it 100 percent. Love defense and just love the weight room and stuff like that. But him and I, our personalities would have um, connected real well. That's great. Yeah, and, I, and it's interesting to to see the kinds of shifting in perspectives. I feel like um, you know me and Tyler were talking about this on one of our other episodes that it feels like it's harder to get players with your type of mindset to come to the university anymore. Cause there's a lot of uh, 
me thinking instead of, you know, team thinking and just hard work thinking. Uh, do, do you think that, are you seeing that too? I know um, you do some coaching as well. No, no, I see it nowadays. It's a, it's a strictly, it's a business now. It's not, it's not loyalty. It's, you got to be, you got, it's more me thinking now. It's like, if you don't like a situation, you transfer or you go to the schools, giving you the best, the best NIL deal, the most money. So now it's more, it's more like a professional sport level now, like a business, it's, it's business now instead of like college basketball. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see that. And, um, you know, you can't blame the kids. Honestly, when I was kind of growing up, um, because, I mean, we're not too far behind you. We're in our mid-30s. It seemed yeah. like it was more team-oriented, even in the pros. But as we got older, you saw guys like Odell Beckham and stuff like that who really became a brand to themselves, yes. not so much a brand to the Giants, but he was like his own thing. And that's what a lot of these kids grew up on. Do you think that had a big influence on the way they kind of see themselves as a brand instead of maybe a team? Yeah, I think like I said, like social media, has social media got bigger, it definitely, social media changed, it's changed society in general, but um, definitely changed sports. And, you know, sports is not like how we came up where, you got a guy who's there his freshman year and he got four years to be there. A coach can build his, build his program, build his team. Now it's like, you got a whole new team every different year. So it's a whole different ball game with college. Like next year, WV basketball is going to have a whole different team next year. It's just every college is like that now. That's just the um, reality of it. And it sucks though, because like when the B-line teams, you had a piss knock who was there for four years. You had Gansy, B-line and all them guys. So you kind of watch the guy grow for four years. You end up, you know, you, you end up being in love with a player because he's been there for four years, but now you got a guy who's here for one year, then a transfer come in. So it's like the fans aren't really connected with the players no more on the team. So it's kind of different now. Yeah. And th that's an interesting situation too, with like the, the more um, the social media, the branding, the, you know, going for a situation that's best for you is, you know, the one thing that I've noticed, you know, at least watching the NBA is that players who came in from Europe who are still more in that, you know, team oriented environment have come over here and, you know, had huge success. I mean, like Giannis and Luca and uh, Jokic and, you know, others um, where, you know, maybe some of the younger players now coming in from college are, you know, it takes them a couple of years, unless you're Zion Williamson, of course, yeah. um, you know, uh, to, to get their footing. So do, do you think that there's a, a way to balance that, the, you know, make sure that you're in a situation that helps you, but also, um, how to deal with adversity and play it play as a team player. It's just, you know, I always say I played overseas. I always felt like I did feel like European players were better. They're not talented better wise than Americans, but they're overall wise basketball. They're, they're better basketball players and they play more as a team as far as individual though. But um, back to the recruiting, you, you just got to go to the, the, to the best situation, the best, the best school to fit you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. And, um, you know, kind of how this whole interview came about, you stated that WVU would be a top 10 team if they were in the ACC instead of the Big 12. And uh, obviously me and Brandon agree with you there. But what is it that makes the Big 12 just so tough? Because I feel like they have been the best bas basketball conference for several years now. And look no further than who's in the championship every year if you need proof of that. Yeah, they won the last two championships, you know, Baylor and Kansas. But my thing with the ACC is with the Big 12, is even like the Big 10, it's no nights off. Every team is good. Even you look at a team like Oklahoma or Texas Tech, it's not it's not a get like it's not an easy win. In the ACC, you got you the terrible teams are terrible. So it's like 
you go against a Boston College or Georgia Tech, that's an automatic win. I feel like in a conference like the Big 12, there's no automatic wins like the ACC. And I do feel like, look, I mean, I don't like, I'm from Pittsburgh, but I hate Pitt. So, look, Pitt's um, second, third in the ACC. And, you know, WVU beat them by 25 at Pitt. So, I don't know. I just think Big 12 basketball is just way better than ACC. Back in the day, ACC was good because it relied on North Carolina and Duke. You see them teams aren't really as good as they used to be. So, I do feel like the ACC basketball is kind of down now. Even in football, I think it's down. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's always been fun as a WVU fan to always play in the toughest conference. I mean, the Big East days where we got to play our conference tournament in the yeah. the Garden was always marquee event. Um, so it's kind of a, a gift and a curse to be in the Big Twelve for WVU because while we're playing among the best and we get to get challenged every week. It would be nice to have some breathing room occasionally. It'd be nice though, but also you got to look at it. It's it's good to be in a big 12 because WVU is not, they're not having a good big 12 season. But if you look at the um, projections, Joe Lenardi's full of 64 WVU's in the tournament. Look at a team like Pitt, Pitt second and third in ACC. WVU actually has a, he has WVU with a better seat than Pitt and Pitt's third in ACC though. So that just gives you how much respect people give the big 12 and how much, respect they don't give to the ACC. So playing in a big, uh, a tough conference like the Big 12, I feel like if you finish in the top eight every year, you can go to the tournament, top eight, top nine. Yeah. 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 If, if you look at the net ratings, uh, Big 12 conference is number one. ACC is only seventh amongst conferences. Yeah, I, 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 can believe, I, I think the big, the big East is better. The, the new Big East is better than the ACC. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the rankings, a lot of people agree. And even if you look WVU, like you said, is still projected to go to the tournament. They're ranked 25th in the net rating and they're the eighth best team in the big 12. Whereas you look at the ACC's eighth best team, Wake Forest, they're all the way down to 72. So just further proving what you just said from top to bottom, the big 12 is the superior conference. Superior, yeah, definitely not. And that WVU is like I said, they're not having a great year in the big 12, but I do think this WVU team is a good team. And I think that they get in the tournament at a, like a 10, 11 seed. Them top seeds don't want to play a team like WVU. I think WVU is real. I think they're good though, especially if Stevenson's on, they could be tough to beat. Absolutely. Um, what do you think? How many more wins do you think WV would have if we weren't in the Big Twelve and we were in, say, something like the ACC? Um, I, I honestly think WV being a top fifteen. Like, I'm not even. I know I um, I don't like Pitt though, but I really think they'd be in the top ten, top fifteen because you're not going against. Look at their their. If you look at their schedule, they play they play Kansas State, then right after that they play Baylor, then right after that they play Texas. We're talking about three teams who could, who are Final Four caliber teams. In the ACC, I don't, I don't think it's a Final Four caliber team in the ACC. Maybe Virginia, though, but besides that, their whole – I think WVU is better than everyone in the ACC. Only team that might be better might like would probably be Virginia, but I think WVU, they win the ACC, they will um would definitely be a top 10, top 15 team right now. Yeah, and yeah. speaking of Virginia, I know uh, they have a West Virginia native on their team, um, Neely yeah. or McNeely. Yeah. It would have been great to have him on this team. Unfortunately, you know, he went to Virginia. He went to Virginia. A great, a a very good three-point shooter. Absolutely. We could use him, I think, right now. Um, Another consistent outside shooter would be huge, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. they had the the guy from Ohio State, um, McNeil. He was at WVU. Then what's the other? They had a guy from UNLV. Oh, uh, Cottrell. No, the UNL, the the white kid from from, UNLV. Oh, McCabe. McCabe, yeah. Then also you got the guy who transferred to Baylor Bridges. So 
WV lost some very good players, though. Absolutely. They did. Yeah, and, and let's talk about that roster a little bit. What do you think WVU's biggest strength is, in your opinion? Uh, what's What makes this year's team special? Because you, you got, you got what, four guys averaging double figures. So you got a team, a balanced team who can score and stuff like that. They, you know, the, um, Huggins teams is always going to play tough defensively, but um, they're very tough. When I, I do, I love um, Trey. I know Trey Mitchell. He's from Pittsburgh. So I remember when he was in, you know, middle school. So Trey Mitchell's a good player. But I think it's all about Eric Stevenson. Eric Stevenson, get it going on. Can He's a good shooter. If he can get it going on early, like I said, WVU is tough to stop. But Eric Stevenson, I really love his game. I like it. I like it when he when he's playing with his sweat. You gotta let see guys like that. You gotta let him play with his. I know he talk a lot of shit out there, but you got he plays better when he plays like that. When you when you, when he plays with a swag, he can be out there chirping, talking talking shit. He plays better when you when you when you hold him back. You know basketball is when you hold him back. I don't think he's a good play. He's still a good player, but he's better when you when you let him be himself. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's just like anything. I mean, you just got to let people have their own personality. When you yeah. try to make them be someone they're not, they're they're not going to perform at their best. Yeah, especially ba- basketball is a very emotional sport. And, you know, it's very um, – basketball is more co- – if you got if you got confidence out there, you could be a real good player. I know guys who are very good with no confidence, and I know guys who aren't that good with confidence. And basketball is all about confidence. You got confidence out there, you're good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, you mentioned Trey Mitchell. You know, he's probably my favorite – player on the team I think it just seems like there's so much there that can still be learned and improved on I mean just in terms of skills where he's at now he seems like he could be the top player on the team next year I think yeah Trey, yeah like I said I remember when he was when he was younger um yeah Trey Mitchell was a very good player I followed him when he was at UMass had a great career at UMass went to Texas he did decent at Texas just didn't really work out for him like that but um Trey Mitchell was a very good player yeah 100%. And <clears throat> you brought it up. I think the biggest difference between this year's team and last year's team is um, they have multiple po- people they can rely on. So if someone's having an off night, um, someone else can step up. Whereas last year, it seemed like you either had Taz or McNeil had to get hot. And if you didn't have either one of them, you were going to have a very low scoring game. Whereas this year, like we just saw on Saturday, you know, you just need one guy to catch fire and, you know, you can knock off a top 15 team. Yeah, last year they're um man that they're just their t- offensively last year was t- there was a disgrace last year offensively but um I just felt like last year's team I don't know something was missing they didn't play with no they didn't really play with that fire that heart like Huggins teams usually play with so last year was just a, I, don't, I don't know if it was a, a lot of times you know with basketball it can be locker room problems inside the locker room but um last year they just didn't play it just didn't look like that WVU team last year they they was very terrible offensively last season. Yeah, absolutely. And and speaking of, you know, maybe the more negative side of the team, what do you see as the weakness to this team currently? Is there a certain type of player they're missing right now? I, I know Eric Stevenson is a great shooter. I, I still feel like they're missing that go-to guy. You can give him the ball and just get a bucket real quick. Don't have to hit that open. You know, Eric Stevenson can shoot. He's a great outside shooter, but I still feel like they might be missing that that guy they had like the like you know Deshaun Butler or someone who can just get a bucket for you if they have to get a bucket for you Matt, a three or two but um like I said they 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 have a good team though but along you know you can always work on your outside shot I feel like when Eric Stevenson's not hitting not shooting that's when WVU's not performing real well yeah I mean it, it, we have that player I think on the roster right now he just can't play and Jose Perez I mean that guy oh was yeah a bucket. Uh, yeah that, yeah, that whole NCAA thing I thought was kind of bullshit he couldn't be eligible to play oh, his coach get fired I just 
I, I, I don't understand why they didn't make him. I, I don't understand why he's not eligible. I think it was kind of, it was it was kind of BS. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, he got railroaded. It's yeah. it's not right. Yeah, but I, if they had that guy, that's that's what I meant to say. That's that's a guy they're missing who could take him to the. If they had that guy, I think that WV would definitely be in the top four of the um the Big Twelve right now. Yeah. Wow. I'm with you. And, you know, I understand if he would have just left Manhattan out of nowhere, why they might have denied him. But the fact yeah. that his coach left right before yeah. the season started yeah. and they're not allowing him to play, it just makes no sense. I wish they would give more of an explanation as to why they made that decision. Yeah, it was kind of, it was it was kind of a mess up decision they made. I felt I, felt, I did feel like the, um he was going to eventually get eligible, but just it was unfortunate he was ineligible this season. Yeah. I mean, maybe it'll work out for both parties, for WVU and Perez, if he comes back next year and has a huge year. But um, let's talk about next year a little bit. This team has a lot of seniors, and it's going to have to replace a lot of these guys. So what young guy on WVU's roster really impresses you the most? Um, <laughs> The funny thing you bring that up, because it's, it's crazy, though, because you really can't talk about next year basketball because the whole team – just in the whole the whole country, every college basketball team is going to be different next year. The transfer portal, you got guys you don't know. It's, it's going to be guys who transfer from WVU. It's just obvious. It's, that's how it is in college basketball now. You're going to have two or three or four guys transferring. So it's, it sucks, though, because, you know, back in the day, you can be like, this team's going to be good in a year. Then the, the in two years, this, this team can might make a Final Four run. Sucks nowadays. You don't, I don't know how WVU's team is going to be next year. I don't know if they're going to be good. They might be great or they might be one of the worst teams in the big 12 it's just hard to um you can't really predict no more in college sport in the college sports world football or basketball yeah that's a great point i mean um even looking at the football side of things i mean we lost guys who are playing to the transfer portal and we've done yeah. that for the past several years and it's just kind of crazy sometimes you know yeah. w, I, I, I don't w, i'm not a, i mean obviously i love wv i'm a coach rod fan coach hogerson i just I, i'm not a coach neil brown fan at all so we aren't either. <laughs> he's, I don't know. I know. I know. I'm, I I still talk to it. Like I'm real close with um Pac-Man Jones. You know, I know a lot of the, the former players. And to be honest, um, I don't know. I don't think no one like Coach Brown. I don't think, I don't think he has no personality. He He's not connected with the WVU family. I don't know. I think they need a WVU guy there at, at West Virginia. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you even, you, had, you, even had, you know, Pat McAfee, he's a big time, big time WE guy. You know, he said some things on ESPN about Coach Neil Brown. So that if you're going to go, you know, he's on the national TV talking about him. So that speaks volumes where people think about Coach Brown at WVU. Yeah. I mean, we were um, during the offseason. Well, we're in offseason now, but we, we've been kind of beating the drum of uh, Tony Gibson because, um, you know, West Virginia native, great de defensive coordinator. Um, I think he could really bring us back to where we need to be. I know everyone won Coach Rob back. I don't think it would happen, but I don't. I don't. I don't know if it, if it, even if he even if he came back. I don't know if he had if he still have that um, Coach Rob magic he had in the early two thousands at WVU. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you about that. And uh, I mean, we take a lot of heat for what we say about Neil Brown, and we try to be fair. Um, honestly, me and Brandon, we didn't really turn sour on Neil Brown being here until about halfway into this past season. And it was kind of just like, we we've seen enough. We don't think it's getting better, but we still take heat all the time on social media about these people who just still ride or die with him. And don't get me wrong. I, I hope coach Brown is very successful next year, but it, you know, if I'm a betting man, I just don't see that happening. I don't understand <laughs> these fans who are just, you know, 
they just—they seem like they're in denial still. Yeah, they're in denial. But my, I, I stopped being a fan of Coach Brown. The first game of the year, four for one. I think it was four for one against Pitt. You on the you on you on the road against a ranked team, and out he decides to punt it. I don't understand why. I mean, you're, yeah, we're, yeah. We're, we're, they were up by seven, wasn't they? Yes, I think they're up by yeah, seven. It's, it's not like you're damp, you're up by two and they can you get short field and kick a field goal. It was up by seven. I felt like they had the running game going. I felt like if they had got a first game, the game would have been over with. And that you know, a big game like that, beating a ranked team, a rival, I think I would have changed the whole season. One game can change the whole season. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's kind of like a loser's mentality whenever you, you do yeah, that. But look, yeah, that's a loser that, mentality right there. And that mm-hmm. rubs the players, you know, probably a certain way. It sends a message like, you know, I just don't trust you to go get this one yard. And it's not a good way to go about things, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, I was kind of, I was kind of, yeah, I was kind of pissed that game. So, like I said, I, I hope he does well. I don't, you know, I, I predict he won't do well, but like I said, I hope he does well, but. You know, I don't. I don't know. I just don't. I don't think WV will be good in football next year. I'm on the same yeah. boat. Yeah. Um, but to kind of close off on the the West Virginia basketball team uh, this season, anyway, if you had to make a prediction, assuming that the basketball team makes the tournament this year, how far do you, you think we can make it? Do you think we can make it? Um, um, it's to me in basketball, it's all about your matchups. I think WD, like I said, they're coming in the Big Twelve. I think if they get the right matchups, they can. I think they can get to a. I'm not. I think they can get to a Sweet Sixteen. Honestly, that'd be great. I, that'd be awesome. You, which you think they can get to a Sweet Sixteen? I know it might sound wild because you're not doing it good in the Big Twelve, but the tournament's all about. I don't care about seedings. It's all about matchups. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Sweet Sixteen's definitely in the books. I mean, it depends on who gets hot too. You know, if Seth Wilson and. uh Eric Stevenson can get hot and stay hot at the right time. I mean, those two could probably even push you into the elite eight. Um, again, depending on matchups, but I mean, hot shooting and good guard play is kind of the key to having deep tournament runs. And I feel yeah. like we have four or five really good guards right now. Yeah, I believe they, I mean, they got great. They got some good ones. They beat TCU. They beat TCU pretty good. TCU's a good team. They just beat Auburn. Who's a good team in the SEC. They actually, they lost to Purdue, but they actually played Purdue real well early in the year. Yeah, that was and like a close I said. Game. They beat you know they beat Pitt second in ACC. They beat them on their home court by twenty five points. So the WVU got some good wins and they got some games they should have won, like the game against Kansas State. They lost in overtime. That was that that have been used because Kansas State's what number four in the country though. But I think WVU can make a a sweet sixteen run with the right matchups. Yeah, I mean we're probably about eight missed free throws over the course of three games away from a completely different Big Twelve record right now. Yeah, I no, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys nailed it. I mean, with college basketball, it's all about just getting hot at the right time. And um, who knows, you know, if we have a good stretch this last month or so, um, I could definitely see us making a a bit of noise in the tournament. But uh, to switch gears just a little bit, your nephew, Jalen Hood uh, Shafina, was a five star recruit coming out of high school. And now he plays for Indiana. Um, he'll likely be a lottery pick. Most people are predicting in next year's NBA draft. So, um, did you try to convince him to come to WVU? No, I, I, I saw he was supposed to go to Pitt at one point. No, I want, he committed to Pitt, then he uncommitted. That's WVU got a little bit in into it. I don't think WVU, they should have recruited him harder though. I wasn't sure why they didn't, but, um, yeah, he's having a good year though. I know a lot of, um, they have him going, if he leave this year, they have a lot of them have him going first round this year. So Tom, tell you still a lot of season left, but, um, He's a five-star recruit. Came come from you know Mount Verde High School, the best high school in the country. But um, 
He's having a great. He ha- he's having a great, a good, solid year, a good year. The Indiana's, you know, they're number twenty-one in the country, so they can. They, I feel like they can go to the sixteen. Sweet sixteen, go pretty deep. Depends who they match up well, match up against. But my nephew's having a. Um, I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with what he's doing this year. And um, like I said, mostly all the NBA mock drafts have him going first round this season. If he entered the draft. That's exciting. Do, what, what do you see his ceiling as in the league? Do you think he can be a, a household name? Yeah, I just, um, you know, that's hard. It depends what team you get to. Like, um, but um, I don't know, being a household name, being a superstar in the NBA, that's a different level right there, man. But um, I definitely, you know, he works out. He worked out with Paul George this summer, Devin Booker, Chris Paul. So he always works out with them NBA guys in the summer. But I definitely can, I definitely think he could play and do well in the NBA. But you know, NBA is all, about, all about what team you get, what team you get drafted to. Oh, absolutely! Like, um, well, I mean, even the Kings have turned it around. So yes, uh, so uh, you know, the Hornets right now, I think, are the the kind of question mark of an organization. So maybe if he can dodge them, um, he'll do all he right. Dodge the Hornets. <laughs> he from he's he's from Pittsburgh, but he lives in Charlotte, so that'd be good for him. But you know, just getting drafted by any team in the NBA is an honor and a blessing. So I don't care where he goes, as long as he get if he entered the draft this year. You know, as long as you go first round, it's good. I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, guaranteed four-year salary, that's huge. Yeah, yeah that's, and you know, the NBA, unlike football, NBA, all them contracts is guaranteed, so you're good for four years. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's definitely got the potential, too, because he, he's got that athletic gift in his DNA. You were a great athlete. Your brother played in the NFL. Yeah. I believe an injury is what ended his career, and – his mother, your sister, was an excellent athlete as well. I've read before. Yeah, we all we came from an athletic family, so you know, W. Um, you know, Jalen has the the DNA. He's um, he's taller than all of us. I never thought he'd be six six. So he's six six two twenty in college, and he's a point guard. So you know, he has the size and everything, and just he worked real hard. He's a um, no, he's a great great kid, great kid off the off the court and stuff. So I think um, things will work out for him in the future. Well, if you have any more nephews or, or kids or cousins or anything like that, make sure you send them south this time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. He could have went to WVU. Like I said, they I, they was recruiting him, but I thought they should have went. They should have went a little bit harder, though. They didn't go as hard as I thought they should have been. But you know, it is. Yeah, what it is I would have loved to have that type of talent on the team. I think that would have been a game changer for sure. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I definitely think so. Also, yeah. 100%. Well, Drew, hey, I mean, we talked about your time at WVU. Um, we talked about some of the downtimes, but you definitely had some highs. What was your favorite, like, most lasting memory as a player at WVU? Well, I, I, no, it's, I, no, it sucks, though, because I feel like my career at WVU, like, I scored 1,000 points early, and if I'd have played there for four years, I'd have probably got, like, 2,000 points. I just felt like what happened with Beeline kind of, like, overshadowed my career at WVU. Like, I, I still hold the WVU steal record. I had 11 steals in one game. It's going to be hard to break. I'm the last guy to average 20 points at WVU. So I had a good career, but it's always going to be overshadowed about my dismissal with Beeline. So it's kind of sucks that I'm overshadowed all the time. Like they don't even bring, they don't even bring it up. Um, Me, me, every once in a while on the TV, they bring it up. I'm the last guy to average 20 points at WVU, but I'm one of them guys that people forget, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely think, it's important to remember the players regardless of the situation. I mean, yes, you were the best player on the team when we needed a go-to player. So, yeah. I mean, you can't discount that at all. Yeah, I agree. 100%. What was your favorite game that you ever played in at the Coliseum? Favorite game played in the Coliseum was probably when we played um, ten- when Tennessee was number six in the country and they came in the Coliseum 
And I had what I had. That was my break. I had 31 that game. That's probably my breakout game my sophomore year. I had 31 points and we beat them. It was on national TV, but that's probably the game I remember home against um, Tennessee. And also when we beat Florida at the Charleston College, when we played them in, I don't know if you remember when we beat Florida. Florida was like ranked, what, number eight in the country. We beat them in Charleston. That was the two games, Florida and Tennessee. Did uh, awesome. I'm trying to think. I know there's a couple West Virginia kids who went to Florida. I know Jason Williams is one, but who's the uh, who's it was, the it was Bre Bre Brett Nelson was playing, yeah, Brett Nelson, Brett Nelson. They had um, Brett Nelson, they had um, David Lee. Oh, yeah, David Lee was they had, they had a good team. They was number one. We beat them, they was like number seven or eight in the country. So they had a you know, that back then Florida always had good teams. Oh, yeah, was that I mean, the, uh, was that the Miller years too? Did they have Miller then? No, Miller was he was a year or two before me. Okay, him and Udonis Haslam. Oh, yeah. Haslam! I can't believe he's still in the league. He's, he's still he's still collecting paychecks. <laughs> um, when's the last time you've been to Morgantown to catch a game? I haven't been there since. I haven't been there for a while. Actually, I went there. I go there every once in a while in the summer. But the last time I went to a game was probably when it was a snowstorm when they beat Kansas. You remember okay. that when it was snowing bad? I drove I drove down there and I saw them beat Kansas might have been what one or two in the country and they beat Kansas that year. Was that uh the Staten year where he made that last second shot? I think um I, I know it was snowing bad outside. We we just had a snowstorm in this whole region, but um I might I might I think it might have been 2016. Okay. Yeah, that I'm probably actually, was. I, I, haven't, I haven't been. I was supposed to go to. Actually, I was supposed to go to the game against Texas. It just haven't got down there yet. That's my awesome. Nephew, my, you know, he had he had guys he played with in in high school, like Dylan Mitchell played for Texas, and I was gonna go down there and see Dylan Mitchell when they played WVU this last weekend. Yeah. Nice. Do you get recognized when you're in town? I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. Now I'm 41, man. They don't, they don't know me no more, man. <laughs> them kids. When I was playing at WV, I don't. Some of them kids wasn't even. Most of them kids wasn't even born yet, man. So I'm not recognized no more, man. <laughs> That's a good point. Um. All right. Well, hey, Brandon, you got anything else for Drew? No, this was great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Uh, you know, this has been super informative, and I hope uh, all our listeners appreciate it as much as we do. No, I definitely appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, 100%. Hey, man, uh, maybe we can run it back when WVU's in the tournament. We can talk some West Virginia basketball. Oh, yeah, you can talk. Hopefully, w, I, I, I wish WVU and Indiana get matched up in the tournament. That would be great. Oh, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. Be but for. Put me on, man. Just um, give me give me a call. Let me know. I appreciate it. Hey, Brandon Absolutely. just asked a good question. Who are you going to be rooting for that game? I got, definitely got to root for it. You know, families first, man. Got to root for the family. <laughs> that is true. That's that. That's, that's a good fair. answer right there. Very good answer. But, you know, I, I, I always root. WVU is my second team right now, but WVU Indiana is my two teams. All right. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Hey, Drew, appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Have a good night. Okay. See you. Okay, you too. All right, guys. Hey, I mean, that was an awesome interview. We really appreciate Drew hopping on. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember him play, but he was an excellent player. If you do remember him, I hope that brought back some good memories. Um, and yeah, it, that was just a pleasure. What do you think, Brandon? Yeah, I, I thought it was great. And I really appreciate um, his openness to discuss things. I mean, you know, obviously his career didn't end on the highest note, but it's great that he's still a WVU fan. And it's great that, you know, he's able to reflect on it and just kind of understand things as they are instead of holding a grudge. So, um, 
you know, also love all of his basketball information. You know, it's definitely fun to talk basketball with someone who clearly really knows the game well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's, he's got a great outlook on life, it seems like. So um, hopefully we can be joined by him down the road. It was fun talking basketball with him. Let us know what you think about the episode in the comments. Let us know if you got any memories of Drew's playing days at WVU. And we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks, everyone.